podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Full of frustration. Full of despair. From years of hurt, disappointment and relegation. Two British football fans have had enough. Canary Bird Elliot Holman and Wanderer Henry Hewitt are in search of glory, pride, passion, in search of silverware. And they found Major League Soccer. Relegation. I'm glad there's no relegation in MLS. <laughs> Jeez. Still relegation in the championship, unfortunately, for Bolton. Oh, well. Oh, wait a minute. Bolton had their court hearing today. Are they um, Are they still on? Are they still a thing? It's been adjourned. <sighs> they live to fight another day. This is the MLS UK Show. Welcome along to another episode of the MLS UK Show. My name is Elliot Holman and this is Henry Hewitt. And he's still got a club. Just. They're clinging on in there. Here's what we've got. We're three weeks into MLS in 2019 and it's all starting to take shape. It sure is. Some teams are doing really well. Others, not so much. Uh, FC Cincy have arrived. We'll chat with our DP, our designated phoner for Cincinnati very soon. And we've got another, wait for it, game with a change in name. Yes! He's actually got it right. Incredible. That's two weeks in a row. Right, strap yourselves in. Let's do it. Um, Breaking. Bolton are still a thing. He survived another three minutes there. Well done. Congratulations. Elliot Holman. Henry Hewitt. MLS UK Show. Yes. Thank goodness for adjournments. I don't know what they mean, but they seem to have saved Bolton more than their defence has this season. Oh, I thought you said the, thank goodness for the Germans. Oh, right. Well, if they've helped, you know, thank God for them. Um, this doesn't happen in MLS. It really doesn't. So, uh... Do you know what? The, the whole save the crew thing... Like I know everyone was up in arms about it, and it was bad. You've got no idea. If you're not sure about the Bolton situation, I mean, just give me a 30-second rundown of, of everything that's going on. Because imagine this happening to your club. It is actually tragic, like all jokes aside. Yeah, well, uh, the current owner basically doesn't have enough money to run the club, so um, he's looking to sell it, and he's uh, said in a statement, because fans have kind of gone against him a bit, uh, Ken Anderson, uh, he said in a statement, well, I don't see why I should fund a club where fans don't like me. Um, Police have warned him not to go to the club, because uh, it might get a bit of a sticky situation. Um, And recently, the training ground got closed, because they didn't pay the food or water bill, and um, the anyone with a staff mobile phone has been told they can't make outgoing calls on it. <coughs> That's how it stands at the moment. But the courts have adjourned a winding up order, which would mean that uh, the club just wouldn't exist. They'd be liquidated or they'd, they'd have to reform and go in a lower league or something. Uh, so 145 years of history, which if it, if it happens to an MLS club, it's, you know, it's still really sad but you know 145 years of history and and anyone you know anyone who's listening to this who supports i don't know like columbus crew or dc united or orlando it's a part of your identity who you support i'm known as henry who's a bolton and atlanta fan and if bolton ceased to exist obviously it would just be an atlanta fan but, but it's if... fine because then you'd just be an atlanta fan and that's going well uh, no, oh, um anyway so let's move on let's start with the yeah. uh start with the game with a change of name shall we Yes, it's your choice this week. Mm. Uh, you didn't get mine last week, Brian see, McBride. See, now, 
this is one of those ones that I've had to make difficult, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, like, sometimes, um, if you haven't heard this before, by the way, welcome along. Um, this is where we give you the career path of uh, an MLS player who has played in both the UK and MLS. And uh, you have to try and work out who it is. Now, sometimes they're a little bit too easy. So you have to sort of omit some information. Yeah. Otherwise, you just be like, well, it's easy. Um, so, this particular player began his career in 1998. Okay. And he played... At Le Mans. Le Mans? Mm. Who were Le Mans? Le Mans in France. Lemon. <laughs> no, Le Mans. Uh, where they do the racing. Um, then oh, went, Le Mans. Oh, right. Yeah, Le Mans. Right. Then, <laughs> then went to Marseille. Okay. And then moved to Shanghai before his move to MLS in 2015. Who do you reckon it is? So where's... Has he played in England then? Yeah, but I can't tell you where because it's too obvious. Right, okay. 2015, okay. Played in the Premier League. If I told you, it'd be game over. Hmm. They moved to MLS in 2015. Yeah. Okay, I'll have a think about that one. Le Mans, Marseille, Shanghai, MLS 2015. Right, okay. Any ideas at all? Um, I had one, but then uh, he sat back when he sang your signed last season, so it's not him. So I'll have to think. Okay. Uh, if you know, tweet us at MLS UK Show. Um, shout out to Nathan, by the way, who will message me every single week, and he'll be he'll be straight in there, like with a smug emoji to go with it in his wallet. He's like, easy. All right, Nathan. All right, well, we'll challenge you again next week. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll, we'll challenge you. Um, okay. Shall we just shall we dive into some of the results from this week? Because um, it's, it's not going to work out well for either of us. No, uh, another uh, excellent weekend of MLS action. Loads of goals, lots of action. Um, well, who should we start with? Let, let's just let's let's go with the headlines. So, Red Bulls, mean business, four-one victory over San Jose. Yes, but what San Jose? Awful. I know. I told you they're going to. I told you that they were. Remember the odds? They weren't bottom. I know the defense is just the, all four of them goals were just awful to concede. The odds, the odds for who was going to finish bottom of the league, it it was Orlando instead of San Jose, and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not having that. I'm not having it. And mm. um, they got battered. Uh, DC United five nil win over RSL. Your boys, you got a little soft spot for RSL. Yep. Um, and How Ru- many did Rusnak score? Uh, he didn't score any, but uh, Ramondo didn't save the penalty. That must be the first one in years he's not saved. Yeah, he's um, what is he now? Three hundred nine next birthday. Yeah, yeah, he's due for retirement. And Minnesota's run is over after Adrian Heath's outburst last week, where he was like, "Yeah, well, now we've finally got the uh, finally got the players. We can beat anyone." Yeah, about that. They lost. Um, so back to back to normal. Allianz Field looks good though. It looks really nice. Yeah, that'll be. Um, that's uh, looking at that, especially from the outside. That will be one of the nicest stadiums in the league. And I've got um, a little soft spot for those stadiums that have the the seats that are like odd as well. Do you know what I mean? It oh, makes, like uh, it, uh, yeah, it makes uh, it look like there's people sat sat in them. They're, like the pattern's just completely random. Yeah, I do like that. I like how uh, it seems to be an MLS sort of identity that which I do like, and I don't know whether that's come from like NFL and and other. US sports. <laughs> Looking but... at some of the attendances this week, maybe it's just for when it's empty, when <laughs> when like no one turns up. It's like yeah. it looks like people are still there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there was a few disappointing attendances, but you know, it's it's a growing league, so we'll see. You know, it'll get better. You you, <laughs> you keep clinging on to that one. Yeah, it's a growing league. Um, we need to talk Cincinnati. 
Yeah, what a weekend for them. What a start to the season as well. I know. Um, I've I've actually watched all of their games because they've <laughs> they've been on telly more than anyone else. Yeah. Um, and enjoyed the game against Atlanta, but actually this was this was the one where I think they announced their arrival. Um, I think Seattle kind of Seattle maybe shocked them a little bit. Uh, but when it comes to this game against Portland, I think it was a real display of this is who we are, this is what we do, this is how we play. They weren't afraid. They didn't sit back and go, oh, it's Portland Timbers. They've, they've won MLS Cup before. Like, there was no, absolutely no, not too much respect for them. They went about their business, scored some lovely goals for some lovely moves. And Nippert Stadium as well. We're heartbroken that it's not sticking around. Yeah, we tweeted about this on the, like 10 minutes into the match and we were like, 10 minutes of MLS football and we're already like, can you keep this staging, yeah. please? Stay here. Um, which we don't normally say, looking no. at some of the messes like DC, Atlanta. I wasn't a fan of the Atlanta one. Minnesota's not good. Uh, but we're more than happy for them to stay at Nippet Stadium. I like it. Yeah, um, but uh, the game itself, I felt... Uh, Cincinnati got the goal. They had the best of the first 10 minutes and then it was all Portland for the rest of the second half. Sorry, first half. Going into the second half, Portland had a few moments and then when Cincinnati got the goals, he just... Portland, I'd be worried if it was a Portland fan and uh, in, you could argue in all three of their games so far, they've had points where they've just fell apart. The issue for me is, is looking at Portland is that They've got. They've let Darren Maddox go, and they've let Fernando Addy go. They've both ended up at Cincinnati, mm. and it was kind of being billed as this big, this big thing. They're taking on their reunion, the, yeah, taking on their former club, and it's like, well, Addy was never going to score. Let's be honest. Um, but I, uh, I worry for Portland because they've actually got nothing. They've got nothing up top. They've not gone for that big DP attacking signing. Like it's not worked out for them. I know they did put the feelers out there. It's not happened, and they've lost players. And I, I can't see where it's coming from. Kind of like New York as well. They're creating chances, but there's no mm. one there. There's, they've got no out-and-out out proven attacker who's going to finish those goals. Finish yeah, well, shots. MLS is a league where you need to... If you score goals, that is going to get you far. It's, you, it's not really a defensive league. But if you're not scoring goals, which, to be fair to Portland, they've scored four in three games, even though three of those were in one game. But... Um, if you're not scoring goals, then you need to have a tight defence. And we put it on uh, Twitter, the first ever MLS You Say, which is uh, something that we're going to try and do after the games, where if you want to have your say, you can tweet us at MLS UK Show. And people were saying on there, it's because Chara's injured. And without Chara, Portland fall apart. And The cante of the operation. Yeah, it is. But it's a bit worrying that one player can just make the whole team fall apart. Yeah, I think you put Chara back in, you get them a, a maybe a target man, someone to put some crosses in up front, someone to thread through. Um, they become a different side. But the bottom, the, the bottom line is they lost 3-0 in Cincinnati. And I want to talk all about it. Yes, although we weren't there. So we can't really talk about it. We can, we can talk about what we saw on the TV. Who are you going to call? We're going to call Jamie, an FC Cincy fan who was actually at the game. Jamie, how you doing? I'm very good, man. Very good. Uh, still recovering from uh, <laughs> yesterday's uh, activities. But yeah, what a day. <laughs> you sound a little bit hoarse. Just, just slightly, just slightly. I'm still trying to find my voice. I don't know where I've hidden it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jamie, I just, I want to know everything. I watched the game, but I want to know what it was like actually being a part of that because it just looks so, so incredible. Mate, I, th- I think from the moment the march came in to the players coming out for the warm-up and then coming out for the start of the game, it was just goosebumps on the back of your neck for the whole 90 minutes to really kind of 
epitomise this journey we've been on in such a short period of time. I know you guys have touched on it on the uh, podcast, but when you look at us compared to previous um, expansion teams in MLS, the fact that we've achieved so much so quickly um, and it's culminated in, in yesterday, it's uh, unreal and we're only just getting started. Um, yeah, I mean, watching it on the TV here in the UK, it's it, the atmosphere sounded incredible. Um, what I want to know, first of all, Jamie, is before we talk about what happened before the game and the build-up to this, that stadium looks... I love that stadium and, and you're leaving it. It's broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it was um, when the expansion race really started getting heated for Major League Soccer. And, you know, we're in there with some outstanding... Um, Football. I, I hate it because I say I say soccer so much now. I'm being <laughs> English every time I go home. I keep on saying soccer, and I get so much grief for it. But um, in the race, so many great soccer cities were looking for that expansion. You know, you've got examples like Detroit, where they've been passionately supporting a lower league team for for years. Um, you had hubs like St Louis, which I know Taylor Twelman was a big fan of for one. Um, but just seeing the race heat up. And then knowing that Major League Soccer only wanted a soccer-specific stadium, it was heartbreaking because, you know, Nippert Stadium, um, there's a lot of history to it in general in the city um, with um, the University of Cincinnati and just just the home it's become for us these past three and a half years. Um, I think if you ask the majority of Cincinnati fans if they could have stayed at Nippert Stadium, they would have been more than happy to have stayed there. The acoustics are built to create that noise on, you know, American football days for the college team. And that's really lent itself well to uh, the atmosphere we've been able to create for FC Cincinnati. Um, But, you know, the rules were the rules for the expansion and soccer-specific was the demands of MLS and soccer-specific is what we're getting in the West End. It makes it more downtown um, which it's only a mile and a half difference really for us um, when you compare it to other teams that are looking to move downtown like Columbus from their stadium nearby. Um, but it, it's it's looking like it's going to be a magnificent stadium. And I think the one issue with Nippert is the the traffic issues in and around that area because it is in a, in a very built-up area. It does uh, cause a few issues with parking here and there. There may have been a few issues um, on a lot of the roads because I've seen the march to the stadium, which um, obviously I've only experienced from from an Orlando side of things, which which is always pretty incredible. FC Cincy are up up for that. There's a, there's a bit of a, a march rivalry going on. I think you think you may have pipped us to the post there. Yeah, well, we've got to beat JOC at something. You know, he's he's had our number <laughs> for a while now. You're, but, um... you're the only people who who he's actually ever managed to have anything over. I think. Yeah, does he still wear that beehive hat? Oh, yeah, I'm afraid so. Oh, that's that's awful. But no, that that march, um, you know, I, I don't personally participate in it. Um, I like to get to the stadium early. But, you know, the Pride and the Innenstad and the Brigade um, and all the other SGs that have been involved in building that up step by step and every season it's got bigger and bigger. And, you know, we were having crowds very similar to that marching in even when we were in the USL last year. And it's just become very much a row and a um, a part of the kind of pre-game ritual for, for the club. 
I feel like I can't help but love FC Cincinnati. Like from watching that game, uh, even the game last week, um, you know, the, 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 the opening game from seeing it on TV, from seeing the atmosphere. We spoke to Jack Stern, the, the goalkeeping coach, which I'm, which I'm sure you're aware of as well. Um, and, and everything that he said and told us about the club, it, it just seems such a really, really good, exciting place to be right now. Oh, most certainly. Most certainly. I know um, we've got a long way to go this season. Um, it's going to be very different to um, it's going to be very different to our, se- our last season in the USL last year, where really we uh, we dominated at home and away. Um, I think the important part for our season this year is definitely going to be that um, environment and the atmosphere at Nippet Stadium to get those points. And if you've asked any Cincinnati fan after the opening games were announced, I think we're our first out of our first ten games. Nine of them were in the playoffs last year. And that's a really difficult start for an expansion side. And, and these first three games, if you'd ask anyone if we were going to take four points from those three games, they would have bitten your hand off. Uh, yeah, Jamie, I want to chat about the start in a moment to you. But just to round off um, getting to this point as, uh, well, for FC Cincinnati, of course, listening to your voice, you can tell that you are from this side of the pond rather than uh, <laughs> the States. So your journey then... For you to, to, to come from the UK and now be uh, supporting FC Cincinnati and going to the games, how have you got to this point? So, so for me personally, like, I moved uh, to the city about seven years ago nearly now. Um, I'm a Blackburn Rovers fan originally. Sorry about that, Henry, mate. But, you know, um, originally I'm from I'm from Norfolk, from Great Yarmouth. So uh, it's yes. always nice to... Yes, yes, yes mate. Norfolk born and bred. Yes, and you support Blackburn. What are you doing? Mate, it was, you know, I was seven years old, 1993, 1994, going to a couple of Norwich City games here and there. My favourite player was Chris Sutton and uh, supported Blackburn ever since he made that move. Oh, that's heartbreaking, uh, especially now. <laughs> well, well, yeah, especially when you see how well Norwich are doing. But I've always liked to see, to see them do well. You know, it's always good for the, for the local crowd to uh, see them do well there. But, you know, I, I moved here seven years ago. Um, the, the real, the only feeling for, for the game I could get was was on TV, watching the games on a Saturday, Sunday morning. And then uh, in the summer of 2015, this announcement came that, you know, FC Cincinnati was going to be formed and they were going to be complete, competing in the third tier of uh, US soccer. And straight away, it got me excited because it was my chance to have a little bit of a taste of back home and, and really have something I could be passionate about and kind of escape to. Um, Cause you know, it's very different out here compared to back home. But um, as soon as we could put the deposits down for the season tickets, I, I put it down and I was there, you know, in 2016 when 14,000 showed up for our very first home game. And there was that Sean O'Coley uh, bicycle kick that mm-hmm. kind of opened the history for FC Cincinnati. And, you know, every year in our home open, the crowds have grown and grown. And then yesterday, 32-250, you know, filled that stadium up completely. It's it's incredible. It really is. It's a it's a brilliant journey, a brilliant story. Um, you mentioned you mentioned an iconic goal there, Jamie. Um, don't know oh, if, most don't, certainly. Don't know if you've um, heard much of the podcast, but uh, talk to me about Fernando Addy. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 one of those hard ones because you know when he made the move last year, uh, it was it was quite exciting for us. The first DP. I personally had never really heard of him because I've not really paid attention much to the American game kind of growing up. I'm still connected back home and really was only concentrating on the USL because that was the league we were in. Um, he came in um, 
off the bench the first few games and you could just see the physical difference and the power that he had. And then towards the end of the season, when he was starting to get those starts in the game, um, he wasn't really getting the rub of the green. Um, I think he was struggling at times. And I don't know if there was an element of of holding back because you wanted to prepare your DP for MLS. There was a lot of rumours about that going around. Um, but you can see that he plays as a target man and does a lot of hold-up play. And I don't think in the in these first few games we've really utilised that. Um, it's it's hard when you've got a big man like that on top and he's doing the hold-up play and there's not that player kind of peeling off to to receive the ball from him, maybe for a shot off goal or running behind the defence. Um, I know you guys are not the greatest fans of him and, and it's quite hard because Cincinnati fans can be very loyal um, to their players and and they, they really are big fans of Ardi. Ardi has kind of taken the taken the city uh, as his own since he's arrived and really is very determined to succeed here. I think once he starts getting a couple of goals and uh, his confidence will grow, but it's going to be very hard for him because every time that Darren Maddox comes in, man, he's impressive. The, going back to the start then of the, the MLS season for FC Cincinnati, Three really tough games. You've had the two teams that compete in the MLS Cup final and Seattle. You must be over the moon with this start. Oh, most certainly. I think, you know, I personally looked at it with these first three games. If we could get between one and four points, that would be a solid start, especially with those uh, two rough games on the road. I don't think anyone really expected um, Atlanta to uh, struggle as much as they have done these first few games. I think, you know, obviously we've seen it time and time again with the MLS team struggling, balancing the start of a new season with competition in in the Champions League. Um, And we kind of really, with the first 60 minutes against Atlanta last week, we were, although playing a little bit better in an organised fashion defensively, our build-up play was just one, two, three, boot up the field. One, two, three, boot up the field. And we weren't really able to get any momentum until Saif and Gaza came on. Um, but if Atlanta had, if Atlanta of like last season had shown up, um, we would have been in trouble. But we were very lucky that you weren't able to to make that possession count. But man, what a masterclass from Seattle the first game! They really have started firing on all cylinders this season. Do you know what, Jamie? The more it, this this always happens to me as well. The more that two Norfolk people speak to each other, the more the accent starts to come out. You're getting oh, you're yeah, getting uh, more and more Norfolk as you go through that story. Yeah. There. That, uh, that's right, boy. <laughs> you said on the road. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's refreshing to get my accent out. <laughs> uh, it's good to have you on. And um, before you go, uh, Cincinnati have kind of borrowed quite a few. Uh, oh, I say borrowed, stolen, taken quite a few players um, from across MLS. Uh, in their in their expansion season, there's a lot of MLS experience, shall we say? Um, where do you still need to strengthen, and who would you go for in Major League Soccer? So, existingly in Major League Soccer at the moment, yeah. um, it's, it's it's a hard one because really we only have the two out and out strikers, um, and it's hard to tell what our best starting eleven is right now, just because we're so early and we are seeing improvement. Like, I don't think anybody would have expected Alan Cruz to be starting wide in that in that free man attacking what midfield. a goal what a goal cheeky cheeky as anything man it was cheekier than Hernandez. but <laughs> um just like 
the fact that he's gone out wide, which I think is out of position for him, and the, the fact he's playing as well as he is and played the game that he did yesterday shows the depth that we have in the team. It's just about building it. In terms of existing players, I'd like to see us bring in. You know, I think we're still we're still missing that that creative bubble in 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 the in the middle. Uh, I think we're very solid in the defensive midfield position. I think Leo Batone um, has bring, brought that extra bit of class um, to the middle. Uh, I think Uola is is Uloa is uh, battling a little more. Um, and then obviously you've got Stanko and, and a few others in that, those defensive mid positions. Um, but I think Saif, um, who played so well when he came on against Atlanta, is doing a good job when he did come on, but we didn't see him yesterday. And you've also got the likes of Ledesma, you've got Corbin Bone, you've got these players that can also contribute. So to kind of think where we'd bring them in, you have to think about who would leave as well. And that's just a hard one to call so early in the season. But if we could bring in what they like to call over here, that number 10, for us, it's that playmaker. I think that would be the final piece in the puzzle would be a playmaker to kind of maybe give a bit more service to Adi and maybe play in those balls that Mattox can run onto because you saw that when we were playing off Mattox speed and kind of cutting it through the defence, he was causing Portland a load of problems in the second half. Jamie, it's so good to have you on. It's great to chat to you, um, genuinely, uh, to, to yourself and to, to all the FC Cincinnati fans who are, who are listening. And Jack Stern, I know, who always listens as well because he always messages us. Um, yeah, he's seri- seriously, welcome to MLS and congratulations. And I think I speak on behalf of, of 99% of uh, MLS supporters when I say we are, we are rooting for you. Hey, not a problem. It's, it's great to be here. And uh, as we said... We're here to stay in uh, FC Cincinnati all the way and uh, good luck when we uh, meet you in the uh, JOC derby. (laughs) (laughs) Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt, MLS UK Show. He's all right for a Blackburn Rovers fan. Can't believe we like Blackburn. The lads from Norfolk, leave him alone. He's all good. Um, No, I mean, yeah, it must have been an incredible atmosphere to be there. So um, he's Jamie's one of our DPs, our designated phoners for FC Cincinnati. We've got loads for FC Cincinnati, of course. Lots of people wanting to chat about it. I love how enthusiastic like everybody's been about FC Cincinnati ever since we did a did an episode. Was it episode sixteen? Maybe. Yeah, we've got Jack Stern on, goalkeeping coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've we've seemed to have rounded up a lot of uh, FC Cincinnati fans which i love so good um so uh elsewhere results wise from positives to uh much negatives yeah um should we just jump straight in should we just get it over and done with yeah okay saturday columbus crew one fc dallas nil uh good win for columbus crew not really much to i've got to say on this but uh columbus uh are they doing all right? They're keeping it tight at the back, which they, they were last season. There were plenty of nil-nils for Columbus, which we didn't like. And we have noted down New York City and DC United. We have remembered that nil-nil. We won't be booing them. We're going to give them a second chance. But if you weren't here last season, we do boo for the whole episode any teams that have had a nil-nil because we're not here in MLS for nil-nils. Yeah, if I want nil-nils, I'll watch Man U sit, park the bus against Liverpool. Yes. That's not that's not what we got into MLS for. We want goals, all right? And I always, I always bet on goals as well, so I get really, <laughs> really upset when there isn't any. Um, <laughs> uh, so well done, Columbus, for scoring and well done for keeping it tight at the back. Yeah. Um, Houston Dynamo, goals, 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 3-2 winners over Vancouver Whitecaps. What a game this was. Uh, although Vancouver... Not the best of starts, have they? No, as uh, I have to say, as predicted, by the way, as yeah. predicted, Vancouver and San Jose down the bottom. 
Yeah, we also had the guys from the uh, That's So MLS podcast on uh, before the season in our Cascadia episode, and they've, they were like, oh, it's going to be a slow start, it's going to be a tough start to the season. Mm. Um, although the second goal, like when they came on, they said, oh, the, the plan is to sort of attack, counter-attack and attack from the wings. That second goal this was one of the best goals of the weekend, yeah. so... Yeah, there's. Should we say there's potential? There is, but we need to start <laughs> getting picking up points. Uh, we've mentioned New York Red Bulls four-one winners over San Jose. Mm-hmm. Um, Orlando City lost three-one uh, to Montreal Impact at home. Um, we'll we'll touch a little bit on this one. I know you don't really want to talk about it too much, but um, well, the question is, what happened here? <laughs> um, Back to last season, was it for Orlando? Yeah, and do you know what? Early early on, I was watching it. I actually got a takeaway. And uh, and watch the game, and for the first ten fifteen minutes looked really good. I'm thinking this is this is the one. This is it. I could feel the get in. I'll be honest, with you, I could feel the get in coming. Um, and then they scored two goals <laughs> in the space of what felt like twenty seconds. And yeah. and then uh, to be fair, right, and I'm not being a sore loser. My issue my issue then is you know that that's fine. One of them was one of them was a defensive mistake. You know I, I can't argue against it. But then the game turns into one of those constant hacking, bad tackles, mm. fighting, time wasting, and I just I, d- I don't know if there was much need for that. We're not good at, we're not good enough to come back from two 0 down. So you don't you don't need to sort of deploy these tactics. Um, you know there was cards, red cards, f- f- fighting, Dwyer thrown to the floor by his neck, and I just you know it seemed a little bit. It just seemed a little bit unnecessary yeah, because you can beat Orlando anyway, don't worry about it. You say that you're not the team to come back from 2-0 down. You did it on the first game and last year, Orlando, especially at the Orlando City Stadium, did make a habit of doing it. Mm. So maybe Remy Gard has, uh, has looked at that and kind of thought, OK, let's make it very difficult. Don't give them the ball. And they've they've won the game, so it's not it's not positive tactics. It's very negative, but they've won the game from a, from an Orlando point of view. I think the the takeaway here from this game is um, Santiago Patino, who mm. um, they had to they they've known about for a long time. They applied to have him as a homegrown player, and he wasn't allowed to be. It got declined, uh, and so when it came to the um, super draft. They had to waste a pick on him, even though he was technically already there. They had to waste a pick to sort of have him officially. Um, and he came on, made his debut, and very unselfishly squared the ball to, to Dom Dwyer, who had, a, who had a tap in. So I think that was kind of one of those really nice moments. It's just a shame he couldn't really enjoy it because we were losing. Yeah, but 2-2 uh, two two for Dom Dwyer, so that must be positive. Um, Montreal, though, quickly, quickly on them, a good start to the season, six points from three games. It is good. It's really good. And and I think I think they'll be really happy with that result because I know Orlando are a bit of an unknown quantity and I think Montreal went and they they did what they got to do. You, when you go on the road in MLS, you do what you got to do and that's mm. why I'm not really arguing arguing with it. It was, it was a good result for them. Uh, we've touched on DC winning 5-0. Um... We're going to talk about it again now because uh, we've got to because Wayne Rooney hat trick. Um, it's uh, he's he's well and truly started this season now. Do you remember when uh, Wayne Rooney wasn't the answer for DC? <laughs> you could I'd, I'd be careful mentioning that because the amount you've mentioned, Nanny. Sorry, Nanny. Nanny. And uh, it's not really started that great. So we'll wait and see. But yeah, we were right about Rooney. We have put this season's MLS UK show seal of approval on Nanny. We've got to wait and see on that one. But we need to talk about the Rod- the Rodriguez goal. Rooney set it up mm-hmm. straight from a corner. 
Um, Insane. It's such a good goal. Straight on the volley. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's an incredible goal. If you remember, I think Paul Scholes has done this a few times. Edge of the area. It's pinpoint. Corner. It's pinpoint. Yeah. If you've not seen it, A, where have you been? You must be living under a rock. And B, YouTube it because it's a great goal. Uh, DC United, good win. 5-0. Started very well. Um, I posted a picture of Wayne saying uh, first hat-trick, completed it. And uh, somebody commented going, yeah, but RSL's defence are rubbish. I'm sorry, you, you don't take a hat-trick away from somebody. No, no. And he also, the assist from the corner as well. Like, the guy was on fire. You can't take anything away from Wayne Rooney. He scored a hat-trick, got the assist for the incredible Rodriguez goal as well. Come on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, can we just say DC as well? We tweeted out after the game saying, are DC serious MLS Cup uh contenders now and some people were saying yeah and then some people were going uh well yeah obviously but if you looked at the odds at the start of the season dc were about yeah, seven for eight down no they so. weren't up there and you know what um i like dc they've got a nice uh tight clean roster you know you, everyone's got a role you yeah. can pretty much name their 11 they they go out they do the business and uh, they're playing some lovely football lovely stuff um, LA Galaxy 1-3-2 we've touched on that oh, but can I just say Minnesota Jan Gregus got the goal Bolton legend uh, he played no matches for us Never but he, heard of him. he lived in Bolton for a while so well done to him weren't enough though Galaxy 3-2 uh, New York City 2 LAFC 2 mm. you were very interested in this game <laughs> weren't you <laughs> yeah so uh, so I messaged Henry saying oh, I think I'm going to start putting some like really detailed bets on. Do you know? Because you can now do accumulator bets yeah. within the same game. So you can choose loads of different things to happen in the same game. So I said, right, LAFC are a stronger team here, but they don't win. I said to you, they won't win this. Because they'd flown across three time zones to go and play on Yankee Stadium, which, let's be honest, that's not a, that's not a pitch. Less said about that. Yeah. Um, so th- I was like, they're going to they're gonna struggle. So I bet against LA winning. Um, I said that... Uh, Mitrita would score I said that Carlos Vea would score because I asked you I was like he takes penalties doesn't he I was like I'll have I'll have Vea to score as well and I had both teams to score so both teams to score Mitrita Vea and uh, LAFC not to win absolutely smashed it you did well done um, absolutely smashed it please gamble responsibly um <laughs> Atlanta United 1, Philadelphia Union 1. For me as an Atlanta fan... Super Brad Guzan! Oh, God, yeah. Um, it, yeah. First goal for... Well, the only goal for Philadelphia wasn't... Uh, didn't reflect well on what Brad Guzan. What are you Guzan. doing? Um, Did it take I, a deflection? I was looking for a deflection. I couldn't really see one. They were probably one because... It like, just, like, falls falls back in slow motion into the net. Like, yeah. do you know in Harry Potter when Voldemort's defeated? He does look a bit like Voldemort. He well. looks like Voldemort. And then in that in the clip of him, it's like, is, is that actually Voldemort? <laughs> um, yeah, what's, what's going on? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's... They're trying to get used to Frank DeBoer. I mean, Frank DeBoer already is not a really... Um, how can I put it? The Atlanta fans haven't really warmed to him. Um, you he, know why? You Frank know. DeBoer hasn't won a game of football that he's been in charge of since before Atlanta United were a thing. A league game? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's... I don't know. I, for me... For me, I just feel that after the success of last season for Atlanta and the way they played and and everything like that, they've just they they should have hired another South American uh, coach. They should have hired someone who's going to take what uh, the last manager has done and take it for you know and continue that sort of rise that they were on. But I don't know; they've just seemed to have 
they seem to have brought in Frank de Boer, who's come with a, I don't know, a European sort of slightly more defensive, less less counter attacking play. And I just don't see it suiting them. And we said last season, you put a question to me, who would you miss more, Almiron or Martinez, when it was kind of one of them was going to go? And I said, I I would rather Almiron go because Martinez scores the goals. Mm. And also I feel Almiron, you know, other people can do a similar role. Maybe not as good, but a similar role. But you're looking at the way they're playing and that Almiron has left a giant hole in the middle just behind it's like there's a giant hole in the pitch Martinez is on the other side and then you've got Barco and Villalba and uh, Pity on like the other side of his hole Nagby yeah, playing on the left I don't, I don't know what's going on I don't get it and there's, there's just you, uh, Josef Martinez is getting more and more frustrated throughout each game there's bits there. There's bits there that tell, like they, they, when they got the goal against Philly. There's bits there that shows me that it will click at some point. And luckily in MLS, you can find yourself ninth in the table, and you're only a couple of places and a couple of points off the playoff places, so it's fine. But I don't know. I just, I do. I, I think the ball needs a bit more time, but you can't go, especially with Atlanta, all eyes on them. You can't go too long playing like this, and they're out of the Champions League now. So it's going to be an interesting few weeks for ATL, I think. The thing is, as well, is I've been saying to you about um, Vialba. He doesn't like Vialba doesn't ever feature the last um, like the last proper game, proper game that he started um, was in October. Yeah. It was used sort of in the CCL rotation a little bit, but I don't. De Boer hasn't rotated. We've had all these games. I've we touched on this before. He's had all these games. And I study Atlanta quite a lot for for work as well, so it's it is interesting. I have had to kind of like force myself to really sort of dive into this, and it is really interesting because he he hasn't rotated. Hmm. You've got all these games tightly compact, midweek, weekend, early midweek again, and he hasn't really gone right. Do you know what? Let's have a little bit of a switch around. Until they got knocked out, and then Vialba comes in. I don't, I don't get this. I said to you, why don't they use Vialba? You need someone, a fringe player who's. He, let's be honest, he's very good. Yeah. There's a fringe player there who, for some reason, doesn't start games that should be 100% involved because they need to rotate. You need to keep players fresh. So what does he do? He waits until they get eliminated from CCL back to MLS action, where they've got catching up to do. Yeah. Because it's going to be tight this year. It's all right saying, well, it's early days. It's going to be tight at the end, and these points are going to be important. Vialba finally starts. I'm like, oh, wow. Now he rotates. Now he brings Vialba in when it doesn't matter. And he took Barco out. Yeah. What are you doing? I think Vialba's the closest thing to Almiron that we've got. So, uh, I don't know. I really don't know. It's, um, It's not been a great start at all, and... Uh, this is the thing with other MLS teams, with respect to them, that maybe get a bit of a, a chance. You look at Montreal last year, Remy Gard didn't start too well. He got given that chance and they ended the season quite strong. They've started this one quite strong. I don't think the ball's going to get that, so he needs to turn it around quite quick. He subbed, subbed Barco on for the Alba, and I'm like, no, use them both. Yeah. Use them both. Barco comes on, scores, scores the goal, of course. But I, I, don't, I can't work out. I mean, he's taken a lot of criticism. And he's clearly got an idea, and he's going with it, and that's fine. But I just, I, I'm struggling to see what he's doing. He's got such a good squad. But don't worry, because the great Breck Shea oh. is going to keep, keep things going. I can't he's going he to score the goals. He's going to get the assists. He's been absolutely terrible, hasn't he? <laughs> like, come on, he's been dreadful. Well. He came and he used him again after an hour. I tell you what, 
I know the answer. Brexhay, no, he's, trust me, because I've seen him play at Orlando. <laughs> Not the answer. Toronto FC, Josie's back, baby. Josie is back. New contract, new year, new ankle. New Josie's goal. back. Um, they've only played two Toronto. What, two wins out of two, six goals. Uh, yeah, they've played Philadelphia and New England Revolution, but that's a really good start after mm. last season. Yeah, well, at, the, at the end of the day, Philadelphia were uh, tipped to, to, to do well. They made the playoffs last year. They've strengthened, we're led to believe, but they, I mean, they find themselves bottom, but whatever. Um, but actually, it's, it's been a good start from Toronto, and I think a lot of people have been surprised at that. Yeah, um, Michael Bradley playing well. Uh, I think the whole team's playing well, and they were enjoyable to watch at the weekend as well, which uh, Toronto, even last year had the moments being really enjoyable to watch. Mm. So, uh, good luck to Toronto. New England Revolution. Not working out, is it? Uh, well, no, but I, we said in the uh, the preview episode, it's, I don't know, with New England Revolution, I'm going to watch them and just hope for the best for them because I didn't really think they improved that much and we're perhaps seeing that now. is Rotated as well. Rotated. Mm. B- bizarrely. Rota- like When they tweeted the list of players, I couldn't even pick a formation. <laughs> I was like, well... well what what are you playing here? Who's who's playing there then? And it, yeah. it was just to see that this early in the season's a bit worrying, I think. And last but certainly not least, Colorado Rapids SKC. I didn't watch this personally, uh, but did um, you see the time it was on? I know it was on quite late here in the UK, but it's sort of talking point from it. Rubio scored, celebrated. What do you think for Colorado Rapids? I haven't seen this. So against, obviously, he played for SKC. How, how big was the celebration? Uh, quite big. He, he, I mean, he didn't run into the crowd and get, <laughs> take his shirt off. It's a bit cold. But he did sort of run away and celebrate. We saw Matt Ritchie do this against Bournemouth yeah, the, the Premier weekend League, in the yeah. Premier League as well. I don't mind it. Especially in MLS. Players move freely in MLS. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, Breck Shea's inevitably going to score against Orlando. He'll celebrate. I'm, I'm at peace with that. Yeah. Um, It'll and be then, his only thing he'll, he'll do all season. <laughs> And then Johnny Russell uh, got the equaliser two minutes to go. Great free kick. He'll celebrate against Derby. <laughs> yeah, if SKC ever played Derby. <laughs> um, and that was it for MLS weekend. Well, match day three. Weekend three, are we calling it? Yeah, Toronto, by the way, only played two games. So their six points is from two games. So uh, full marks. Good work. Uh, full marks as well for you. You're 2-0 up in the predictions. Uh, you got. I thought it's gone very quiet on the on the yeah. predictions front. Normally, every, do you remember last year when you were running away with it? And every I'd be like, right, so um, let's just kind of go for a little bit of a running order. For the for the podcast, I'll be like, right, so we start with, and I'd write the game with the changing name, and then you'd be like, predictions, Goddy predictions, yeah, don't forget predictions, yeah, predictions, yeah, well, what we'll do is we'll run through the predict, yeah, all right, we'll do the predictions, all right, this year, not heard, not heard a peep from you, mate. No, well, uh, I've got to give you credit, mate, you got four right last time. Exactly, what, spot on right? Four spot on, you got 50. <laughs> 55 points, because we give 5 points for correct outcome, 10 points for correct score. I got uh, 25, which is not too bad, but uh, you got 55. Um, Yeah, you got the New England Revolution versus Columbus Crew result, Mm -hmm. right, which is 2-0 to the crew. Um, You got Minnesota to beat uh, San Jose, 3-0. Seattle to beat uh, Colorado Rapids, 2-0. And uh, SKC to win 2 against Philadelphia. Well, so all those scores are exactly right. You got them exactly wow. right. Yeah. Right. Pressure's on this week. I know. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying this. I'll, next week, I'll be like, Predi- don't forget predictions. Got to do predictions. Yeah, don't forget well, predictions. Might scrap it. <laughs> um, we need to say that we are going up this year for the, uh, the Football Blog Awards. The FBAs. Uh, mm. We're up against some uh, other great po- like podcasts, some uh, blogs, some websites, some... 
uh, Instagram pages or whatever. For and we're in the uh, the best international content creator category. Uh, it's sponsored by Panini. You do the football stickers as well, so yes. that's quite exciting. Um, so if you do we want get free stickers, well, we'll have to wait and see. With this, uh, you know, if we're nominated, so we need your votes to help us get nominated for it. Uh, the awards show is think in May in uh, London or Manchester, um, and it's awkwardly hosted by like one of our mates. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Emma Jones, who uh, we know very well, is presenting it. Um, she presents the show before me on the radio. Yeah. Ridiculous. What are the chances? So if you want to vote for us, believe me, we will be really, um, you know, would really appreciate it if you could vote for us. Never uh, won anything in my life before. Uh, I know, yeah. Most improved player for Berry Amateurs, that's the only <laughs> thing. Still stands, uh, the trophy's still No one wants most improved. I know, yeah. It just but... means less crap. <laughs> Um, so if you want to help us on this, then we more than appreciate it. There's w- three ways to do it. You can either go to footballbloggingawards.co.uk forward slash vote now. Um, or you just go on their website, I think. I don't know whether you need the vote now, but you can click on there anyway. And uh, the loads of con- loads of different categories come up. So in the best international content creator, you can put MLS UK show and say vote now. Uh, you can also do it on Twitter. All you need to do, if you go to at MLS UK show, we've put the, uh, you can just copy and paste the tweet. We've put it on there. However, if you just want to do it now on Twitter, all you need to tweet is, I am voting for at MLS UK show in at the FBAs for hashtag best international creator. So all you need to do. Uh, you can also go to Instagram uh, at Football Blogging Awards, find the best international content creator uh, picture they've put on, and then tag us in the comments. And do you know what? Here's a fact for you. Mm-hmm. Because we we mentioned this last week, we set ourselves a little target as to um, how many listeners we wanted to get by the end of this season. And then, awkwardly but awesomely, hit it within two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two weeks into the season. If everybody voted... We'd actually take this home. Oh, we'd smash it, yeah. So, uh, which we'd... is quite frightening. Yeah. And like I say, I've never won. And get the little violin out. <laughs> I've never won anything before in my life. I'm just a poor boy from a poor. Fa- oh, that's <laughs> something else. Um, you can vote on. Uh, you don't have to just vote once as well. You can vote on all three of them platforms. So go to uh, footballbloggingawards.co.uk. Uh, go to Twitter and uh, tweet out the tweet that we've pinned to our profile, which is at MLS UK Show. Or you can go to Instagram and tag us in the picture on the at Football Blogging Awards Instagram page that says Best International Content Creator. Now, back to the podcast. Now, throughout the close season and the start of this season, we've been chatting to our DPs, our designated phoners, uh, and we're trying to do each team before, well, we don't have an end date, we just want to do each team. So uh, I think we've done 11 up to now. Uh, we had FC Cincinnati earlier on in the podcast. Earlier on in the week, you weren't here, but I caught up as well with Ryan. Who I'm is, glad I wasn't here for this one. Yes, yeah, a Montreal fan. I must admit, when I booked this in, I thought, oh, this, how exciting, get a Montreal fan just after they beat Orlando. This yeah, has been I've, well funny. Um, I've got to go. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm busy. Elliot's got a meeting. The MLS UK Show. First of all, I need to apologise. I'm really sorry Elliot hasn't been able to make this because I'm sure you'd love to chat to him today. <laughs> I definitely would. <laughs> um, so I'm assuming you watched the match at the weekend. What did you take from that as a Montreal fan? Uh, I think if you're a Montreal fan, you're feeling like myself. We're all feeling really good about uh, the state of the team given the fact that we're going to be playing, I believe it's eight out of the first nine matches on the road. And uh, I believe we only got 
something like 13 points from road matches last season, and we already have six. So it's almost half the amount of points off the road done in, in three matches. And we could have had seven, but we let one slip away late uh, against uh, Houston. Yeah, uh, so what has uh, what has changed then? Because for me, you could probably put last season into two halves, uh, a very poor start, mm-hmm. but then a better finish. It seems that you've carried on from the end of last season. Has Remy Gard just sort of found his identity now with this team? I think that's um, that's part of part of, of the reason why we're having a good start to the season. Yeah, it's true that the first half of last season was. Uh, was absolutely horrendous. Um, there, there were a number of reasons that you could point to that uh, caused us to have such a weak first half of the season. Um, injuries being one. Uh, then there was the fact that uh, Gard and his staff were new to the club. There was only one returning coach from the previous year's staff, uh, being uh, Wilfred Nancy. And it just goes to show you that a manager coming into a new club needs time to put his stamp on the club. He needs time to put his system in place. He needs time to um, to learn his players' strengths and weaknesses, but also to gain their trust so that they'll, they'll put their faith in him and what he's doing and what plan he's bringing uh, forth on the pitch. So last year, one thing that came out of training camp was the strength and conditioning coach, uh, Robert Zverne, was putting the players through the ringer. They, they were dropping like flies all over the place because they were so exhausted from the first week doing their strength and conditioning training. And uh, none of them were really expecting it to be that intense. And this year, they all knew what they were getting into. They all knew what to expect. And then you add the fact that because the coaching staff was already in place, they were able to give them a a regiment that they had to follow in the off-season leading up to training camp. So this year, even though the strength and conditioning phase of training camp was as as, uh, difficult as it was last year, the players were prepared for it, and uh, the the fatigue wasn't as big of a factor, and they were able to get on to tactics and to... uh, practice on the field much earlier this season in training camp than they were last year. So that really plays a huge part in being able to prepare for the upcoming season, especially when you have so many matches on the road. So knowing that before the season started, are you been surprised by the start or is it is was was you expecting it? I was I'm not surprised, but I didn't expect any for instance with uh I, I thought that we'd have maybe a win and two draws. That was my optimistic uh, um, take on the beginning of the season for the first three matches. I figured that we would probably win in San Jose. And then I thought that we would probably draw in Houston because of the heat. It's not easy to play in Houston. Hmm. I mean, you just have to look at their home form. It's not a secret that people have, uh, that um, MLS sides have uh, a hard time playing and getting results in Houston, even though they're not necessarily the strongest side in the league. Then, of course, uh, with Orlando, the thing is, is um, it's not so much that Orlando is really good club, but you don't know what to expect with the arrival of Nanny. And then, historically, Dom Dwyer has always played 
really well against Montreal. Uh, he's always been able to score against Montreal. So I figured it might be like a high-scoring draw when we went to, uh, to Orlando. I must admit for myself, I am I'm pleasantly impressed by how what Montreal have done. I think you're one of those sides that kind of sort of, you've got the teams that get the most chat about them and Montreal just get along with you get along with your business you just go along and you you make sure you're uh, you're normally in and around the the sixth seventh place to try and push the playoffs is that the aim this year is to try and get in the playoffs well I think the aim is to do even better than get in the playoffs um, I think what the the coaching staff wants and what the club wants in general is they want to be in the playoffs I don't think they have any illusions of being able to win a supporters shield but I think they don't want to be leaving it to the last minute the way that they've had to do the past couple of seasons where they were missing the playoffs, you know, either like in the last couple of weeks or really at, at the very, very end. Uh, they, they want to have a bit more of a cushion and maybe possibly finish as high as, uh, as fourth, possibly. Um, I think that Remy Gard's strategy is support is to press really high um, when they're on the road. And uh, I think that's why they went to get someone like uh, Maxi Ruti to be the, the striker in the offseason because Remy Gard likes strikers that uh, are defensively responsible and that are going to also press and try and create some uh, turnovers and opportunities and be attacking third to turn the ball over you know, higher up the pitch and giving Montreal more attacking opportunities when they're on the road. So what I'm curious to see is, will that strategy be different when they're at home? Are we going to see Rudy really freeing himself as a striker and getting more shots on target and more scoring opportunities himself when we're at home? Or is it going to be a similar uh, approach when when they're at, at Saputo? Right, so Ryan, you're our uh, our go-to guy for Montreal news. If there's anything happens over there, you straight away DM us and tell us about it, which we really appreciate. What's going on in Montreal at the moment? Well, some surprising news came out on social media this morning. We learned that Jack McInerney is uh, back in the fold. He's apparently on trial with um, Montreal Impact at the moment. That was announced this morning. Um, it's not um, he last played for the impact in 2015 and he got traded to Columbus when uh, DJ Drogba arrived and there was just not enough room for him on the squad. Um, and uh, he didn't want to leave at the time, but there just were too many attacking options at, at that point in time. And uh, he wouldn't have been able to get much playing time. So, since then, he's kind of ban- bounced around. Uh, I believe he went to Portland afterwards and then LA Galaxy last season. He spent it in USL with uh, Indianapolis 11. And uh, he's currently without a club. So people are a bit surprised by this because, as I mentioned before, Remy Gard likes forwards who do the work defensively. And Jack McInerney's never been that type of player as far as I can see. Uh, when he was in Montreal, people would be critical of him not doing the work defensively, not running back. Um, and m- people often put his work ethic into question. And so if he's going to find 
a spot on this squad, he's going to most likely have to transform himself uh, as a player in order to gain uh, Remy Gard's favour, I believe. Um, and what's this about? Um, a few Montreal fans have been getting the wrong kit from MLSsoccer.com. Uh, yeah, so apparently the uh, the merchandise provider for the MLS uh, has glitches in their system. So if you if you try and order um, if you try and order online from the MLS website, um, there there could be glitches in the system that cause your your kit order to have mistakes with it. So it could be as minor as a, as a spelling mistake. Uh, one person ordered a Kendall Waston kit from Cincinnati and got one that said Watson instead, which is a, uh, an honest mistake. Two letters are inverted there, but in some cases uh, there was one gentleman in Montreal who put down over 200 Canadian dollars to get himself a brand new Montreal Impact kit with Sam Piet's name and number on the back. And instead, he got a brand new Vancouver Whitecaps kit with Sam Piet's name <laughs> and number on the back. And upon further investigating, it turned out he wasn't the only one. There are dozens of cases uh, across the league. And in this particular case, with Montreal fans getting Vancouver Whitecap kits like they're uh, there are photos of a Nacho Piatti Vancouver Whitecaps kit circulating online as well. Um, I'm sure that uh, Vancouver fans were probably really disappointed and they realized that it wasn't a trade that had just been <laughs> um, I'm sh- It could be worse. They could have got Toronto FC kits instead. Yeah, that definitely wouldn't have gone down well. But, I mean, Vancouver wasn't, uh, you know, is... is is not really the the best alternative either. Um, right, just <laughs> just, moment, no. <laughs> uh, just before you go, Ryan, just very quickly, I want a, a position from you. Where are Montreal finishing this season? I believe they're going to finish fourth. Okay, fourth right. Fifth. Optimist, I love it. Uh, right, thanks for joining us, Ryan. No problem, Henry. And can you deliver a message uh, to Elliot for me? Of course. Get in. Elliot Holman. Henry Hewitt, MLS UK Show. Right, shall we do five things for this week? You may have missed in MLS. Am I on numbers duty? Yes. Okay, I've, I've not, I'm not ill anymore, so I'll probably struggle. <laughs> <clears throat> one. <sighs> um, at number one, the Georgia Lottery and Atlanta United have teamed up with their new Atlanta United ticket, where you can win up to $30,000. <sighs> Atlanta United uh, this week also received their 2018 MLS Cup Championship rings, which uh, when we put that on Twitter, uh, people in the States were, were saying how nice they were. People from the UK were kind of like, mm, it's a bit cringe. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I don't like them. I'd, be, I'd, I'd say the same if it was, I, I'm, it's nothing, it's not an Atlanta thing. I'd say the same if it was Orlando. I don't like it. Uh, I, I'm not gangster uh, enough for I think they're, I think they swag me. I'd like them in this country. But then where do you stop? Because if you win League Two, I don't know, my hometown, Berry perhaps going to win League 2 this year. Would you get a Berry sort of diamond ring? You probably wouldn't. Um, <laughs> although, uh, after Frank DeBoer uh, called the Atlanta United fans spoil, I think uh, mm. whoever wins that uh, lottery ticket will be... Sp- he might be have a point. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Chicago Fire. Not the greatest start to this season, but they've uh, added to their ranks. Nicholas Gaitan. 
Uh, I think I've said that right. Uh, anyway, he's uh, Argentine international. He's joined from Chinese Super League club Dylan Yifan. Yif- <laughs> um, By the way, yeah, I-, I know a little bit about him. Go on. Um, I've spoken to a Chinese Super League expert, and they reckon right. Seriously, you, Gen- you, I don't like. I don't like these new friends you've got. Genuinely, I've I had I've had to evaluate him because he's joining MLS. So I'm getting uh, using all my sources. Um, so this is from a guy called Yixin Lee. Uh, and uh, he tells me that creating-wise, creating opportunities, he can do it by himself, he can use the players around him. Apparently, he creates pretty much the most opportunities across the whole of the Chinese Super League. And uh, this is exactly why it's such a good fit for Chicago. Because yeah. they've got Schweinsteiger, and yes, he's got experience, but he's basically playing centre-back now. Yeah, yeah. He's got n- nil legs. So he's basically just sitting two yards in front of the defence. Um, sometimes actually in defence. And so they need a little bit of something going forward. And so actually, um, apparently, according to uh, according to Yixin, going to be a standout player. Absolute standout player, not just for Chicago, but in MLS. Going to create so many more opportunities. And by the way, that club have replaced him with Maro Hamsik. Have they? Yeah. From uh, Napoli? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'd always sign him off football manager, so I'm a bit disappointed Napoli have got rid of him. Anyway, five things is your thing, sorry. I just <laughs> I just wanted to jump in. No, that was it. Um, Three. So we move on now to LA Galaxy. Zlatan Ibrahimovic has said that former Manchester United teammate Wayne Rooney has been a great for DC and MLS. In other news, the grass is green. I was going to say, breaking. Uh, he said it's good to see Rooney here. We need more big European players coming to Major League Soccer to spread out the quality, spread out the experience. Uh, Rooney's the right guy to bring in. So compliments all round. Four. Uh, Minnesota United have brought in MLS veteran Lawrence Alum uh, from Portland. He arrives uh, in Minnesota. And um, you must admit, Minnesota, start of his season, especially that 3-0 win away at uh, San Jose, they've really kind of... Raising eyebrows. Raising eyebrows. Well, had a look at their defence. And they've, they've, they were very top-heavy, I felt. They were very good going forward. Like last year, at one point, I compared them to Atlanta. Mm. And at the back, they were suspects, so they've obviously... But now, assessed... they've, got, now they've got Oparo as well. Yeah. Uh, Ozzy Alonso. It's, it's experience. I, li- I like the look of that team. Um, next is number four, is it? Yeah, just, four. just on four. Have we? Yeah. I've got six things. <laughs> uh, right. Five. Montreal manager Remy Gard has quashed Two. reports that he's going to be joining Lyon. Of course, he was Leon manager, very successful. Sorry, before. but wh- why is that? Gonna, why would that happen? Um, they're looking for a new manager next season, and uh, I've got about as much chance. He's been linked. He's done well. Come on, like last the uh, second half of last season, and then start of this season, he's done well. <laughs> okay, and uh, finally, for the first time ever, number. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't do that. I, I can't. I'm only programmed one to five. Sorry, mate. I'll do it. <clears throat> Six. At number six, uh, Publix, a sandwich yeah. shop. Love Publix. Has announced a new Orlando City-themed pub sub. Would you like to guess what what's on it? Well, I've read this article, so I'm just going to let you carry on. Uh, there's a lot at front, but nothing at the back. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, seriously, he's got... Um, <laughs> Hot chicken tenders, cheddar cheese, black bean hummus, lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, and an avocado cilantro dressing uh, from Bolt House Farms. Shout out to Bolt House Farms if you want to uh, 
send us one off. I think it'd be a bit sweaty when <laughs> it gets to us. Uh, $6.99. Uh, and they went on sale on the 20th of March. Love Publix. Do you? What's it like? I'd, I've never been. What's it? What is like Subway? It's quite posh. Oh, it's right. Quite, okay. quite a market. Posh Subway. Yeah, it's like a posh Waitrose uh, sub. Um, so, for the first time ever, do you know how we had six? Yeah. Seven. Oh. Mm-hmm. You're adding one, okay. Mm-hmm. David Beckham yeah. has announced that Ronaldo and Messi are on his shopping list for Miami. What, both of them? Seriously. Wow. That'd be exciting. I mean, what would they be? Ronaldo would be like 37. Well, he's, he's saying that for players of their age, like the level to which they're still performing, still the best two players in the world, let's be honest. That's true, yeah. Um, especially after Ronaldo's performance midweek in the Champions League, Messi's performance of the weekend. That hat trick's ridiculous. Yeah, that little chip at the end. Ridiculous. No, um, it was more of a big chip. Imagine them in MS. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, but my God. You know what's going to happen? He's talking the talk, but then we'll end up with, like, Phil Neville. <laughs> it's just coming out of retirement. Up front. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's saying he needs to get a move on. He said he's got a shopping list and he needs to get a move on. Because, oh, well. uh, because time's ticking. It is, so that'll be exciting if that comes off. Uh, right, so that's the seven things you may have missed from MLS this week. Bit of a depleted MLS uh, sort of calendar mm. this weekend. So Saturday, 23rd of March, this is at 5 five to 10 on Saturday night, random. That means it'll kick off about 20 past. FC Dallas versus Colorado Rapids. What do you think, Elliot? This is, I think this is a difficult one to call, I do. Um, so I'm going to go draw. I'm going to go one all. Uh, I think uh, 2-1 FC Dallas. Okay, shortly after that, Red Bulls versus Orlando City SC. This is an easy one. 10-0. <laughs> no, not really. Um, I think this will be 4-1 oh. New York Red Bulls. I was going to say that. Say 4-1 Orlando instead. No. Um, I reckon 3-0 Red Bulls. Okay. Philadelphia Union versus Columbus Crew kicks off at the same time. I think this... I think Philly are going to start to do better than they have done. Yeah. But I'm still going to back the crew here. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0 Columbus. Oof, I'm going to say 2-1 Columbus. <laughs> um, into the early hours of Sunday for us. Half two thirty. Oh, I love LAFC, but I can't deal with the times. I'm going to go with this first because you... I, mean, I reckon you'll say the same as me. I reckon it'd be 4 1 LAFC. 3 mm, 0. <laughs> yeah, 3 0 LAFC. Um, finally, New England Revolution take on New Boys FC Cincy. Uh, I'm going draw this one. I think it's 2 2. I think Cincy win this. Yeah. I fancy a Cincy win. 2 um, 1. Okay. I think that's bold, but I'm just going for it. I'm getting confident. <laughs> Um, so before we go, you've got to. I, I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know who it is. Really? Yeah, I don't know who the player oh, is. Oh, see, this is the thing. It's a really easy one, but I've because I've omitted a lot of info because obviously I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to make it really easy. Maybe I've made it too difficult. Go on, tell me the uh, teams in the UK that he played for. Oh no, you'll get it straight away. Yeah, well, you're going to reveal it in a minute anyway. Okay, Chelsea. Drogba. Yeah. <laughs> see? see? <laughs> right, okay. All right. See why I didn't give you that at the yeah. start? Um, so well done if you got Didier Drogba. Uh, right, before we go... Just doing my Drogba celebration. 
it doesn't really work on a podcast. No, it doesn't. Uh, before we go, just a reminder, we'd be very, uh, we'd appreciate it so much if you could vote for us in the Football Blogging Awards. We're going up for Best International Content Creator. You can vote for us on their website, footballbloggingawards.co.uk. Uh, go on, vote now, and then put MLS UK Show underneath Best International Content Creator and vote now. Uh, you can also do it on Twitter. You can just tweet the following tweet. That's all you need to do. Nothing else, just tweet this tweet go on read it verbatim that's what everyone wants to hear i am voting for at mls uk show in at the fbas for hashtag best international creator and finally if you go to at football blogging awards on instagram you need to find the uh, best international content creator image go on there and just tag at mls uk show in the uh, comments and that gives us a vote as well do all three if you want that would really help and i know we're annoying for going on about it and i'm sorry but also, I've never won anything before. No, and to be fair, I know a few more uh, MLS sort of themed uh, content providers are, are going for it as well. And it is just to get MLS out there. We could have in the nominations, in the categories, if it can be all MLS, that would be amazing. Mm. And it would really show the people, especially in the UK, but around the world, that MLS means business. So we'd really appreciate your vote. Um, thanks very much for listening. We will, of course, be back next week. See ya. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network.